You know, I'm not liking what's happening because we've lost Dylan this week. I'm afraid next week we're going to lose you, and then it's just going to be like me in an empty room with a single spotlight shining down Triple H style, just like... They've tried to take us out, but nothing can end us. We're all in it together. We are Fight Boys. Well, that's when the two uh, other spotlights show up behind you, and it's me and Dylan. And then we, like, double powerbomb you. You're like, wait, no, wait. I thought this was going to be, like, a coming together moment. Absolutely not. Welcome to Fight Boys, it's a show about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. I'm your host, the bad boy of podcasting himself, Scotty Moore! Ah! Sorry, I just had to get my primal negativity out before I started. And you know what? I am the best boy of podcasting, Blake Tanner. As always, I'm working... Uh, Dylan's not here because it's his birthday, and we wish him all his good birthday Happy wishes. Happy birthday, Dylan! Happy birthday to our good, good co-host, the Dylan. We gave him the week off because I think he's probably handling this situation the worst out of all of us. I honestly think Dylan's the worst. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's not. He's having it. He's having a pretty bad time. Well, Dylan's Dylan's a sensitive boy. We don't. He, you don't get to see the sensitive side of Dylan on this show. No, because he gets to take out all of his anger and frustration on us. His Instagram's nothing but him holding puppies in a field of fucking cherry blossoms. He's a really emotional child. No, no, no. I'm the I've, I'm the one with the cherry blossoms. He's just got the puppies. Oh yeah. <laughs> cash money for a fucking OnlyFans of Dylan, but he's just him with puppies, and that's it, and he looks so happy. Oh, man, I got contacts with the Humane Society. That could be a great way to promote adoptions. I was so scared you were about to be like, I got contacts and OnlyFans, so I can set up so many OnlyFans accounts, you don't even know. I've got... I've got 12. Do you need one? So I will, uh, I do want to say this. Usually we try to keep the show at like an hour or longer, mostly longer. This week, I'm just going to say we're going to cover what we cover and that's it. Let's not try to fucking stretch this boy out because there's not much to talk about this week. No, we were talking about this earlier. Guess what? When wrestling comes to a halt, so does wrestling news. Yeah. And so we got we got a couple of big things. Uh do you want to save the big bombshell for later? Uh does the bombshell involve this man? Yes, it does. Well, we might as well cuz I did just spoil it. Uh so I I don't I don't see any reason or anything, but Roman Reigns is out of WrestleMania 36. He's not doing the show and apparently I'm hearing a lot of other um people have did like they have uh chosen not to do wrestlemania oh well, well roman has probably like the biggest reason which is like hey y'all remember the whole leukemia leukemia and immunocompromised thing right 
I'm not fucking with that just to fight Bill in an empty arena. I'm not fucking with it. So he pull, and now they're trying to scramble to see who will face Bill Goldberg instead. But also, they're pre-taping all of the shows up to Mania this week, so they may be all kinds of screwed. But damn it, I'm mad when I agree with Gazi. But Gazi in chat has what I think they should do. Which is... Better not be Matt Riddle. It's not... Oh, fuck! Shit! Shit! That's even better! No, fuck my idea! No, no, no. Add Goldberg to Fiend and Cena. Because Fiend never got a rematch. And they could pull that bullshit. And then Cena is John Cena. So obviously he could get a universal title shot. And then you could either give the title back to Fiend and fix everything... Or you could, like, have Goldberg keep it until SummerSlam where you could have Roman get the moment then. But, I mean... Or... Okay. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. That one would also... I thought you were about to be like, or... Bro. Bro. (laughs) Now, hold... Now, listen. Keep it a mystery through the tapings. Don't have anybody come out to challenge him. He comes out every week until Mania... He issues an open challenge for Mania. Nobody comes out. He decides to fucking do it at Mania, and then nothing. Yeah. There's just the silence of that empty, empty space <laughs> until... I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. I I'm, I'm, don't mean to be interrupting this good segment about this, but apparently on WWE backstage... Yes, backstage, John Moxley did hold the dog next to Renee. It's very adorable. John's just got this little chihuahua, and you see Booker T and Xavier Woods being like, Oh, fuck, are we gonna get in trouble for this? Oh, no! It was great. Woods' reaction was the best, because he did not stop laughing. Yeah. Like, if the... <laughs> If the world's going down in flames, we we may just all go with it. Yeah, yeah. dude, I love I, X is becoming my favorite, probably wrestler in general, just because he's my favorite. I'm also really getting into the Up Up Down Down Battle of the Brand series, which, by the way, is what directly inspired our 12 hour stream from Hell we did last weekend. I was like, I want to do a Battle of the Brands thing. Turns out, not as fun as it is to watch. Oh but- God, this is the first. Uh, five boys we've done since the 12-hour hell stream. Yeah, exactly. Oh, shit. That one broke us. It really did break us. But my favorite thing that's happened on Battle of the Brands for Up, Up, Down, Down is this week. Because now they're getting... They're, they're literally pulling from main roster people that they recreated in SmackDown versus Raw. <laughs> and so this week, they had Randy open the show. And Randy was just like, I'm gonna keep this short and sweet. Like, this flower. And there's just a fucking random painting of a flower behind Randy. And he's like, I'm gonna keep it short and sweet, like Tyler Breeze. He might not be the shortest man I've met, but he is certainly one of the sweetest men I've met. Creed, Creed, you used to be sweet. You know what they say, the black of the berry, the sweet of the juice. And I went, fuck Randy. I'd, only you, only you are allowed to say this. But it was so choice, because once again, Randy. He's not even allowed to say it, he just does. And that's why. Like I'm like, are you going to tell Randy Orton he can't say the black of the berry, the sweeter of the juice? Because I'm not. I think someone has to at this point. Yeah. But uh, going back to Mania news, apparently they are already pre-filming shit right now, 
and one of them, they've already filmed Drew versus Brock, and apparently they're going full RuPaul's Drag Race on it, and, like, filming every possible end to the match they can. That way they can just throw in whatever they want. Come sh- Like, even WWE is like, Vince will probably change his mind day of, so let's just have a few options we can tack on to the end here. <laughs> let's see what they can do. <laughs> I really hope they release all of the alternate endings so we get to see what universes we could have created. Oh, on the fucking Blu-ray release? Alternate endings, uh, deleted scenes, director's commentary. And this is the one where I really thought, you could just punch him in the dick. This is the one where I thought, no, it's literally just multiple different angles of, like, Shinsuke punching Sami Zayn in the dick. He's like, I didn't think this one would work, so we tried it out at a different angle. And then this way, and then this way. This was actually the last one we filmed because, uh, he actually punched him in the dick so hard he was started pissing blood. Oh, God, fuck. So, I, there's a lot of things about WrestleMania this year that's getting more and more disappointing, but I am very happy to see one of the longest-standing rivalries in WWE history can be put to an end on the grandest stage of an all, of them all. I'm so happy Bobby Lashley is fighting Aleister Black. Ah, fuck, man, that's good. So good. You remember their classic match at SummerSlam and all of their, their 7 out of 10 false match back at Survivor Series? Oh, man, In Your House 1998, Bobby Lashley versus Aleister Black. It's so good, and it makes such logical sense to put on this show. It's a really good thing that they're putting these two men at fucking risk for no reason. This is a joke, right? This is a bit, right? No. Oh. They opened the show, Raw, this week, saying there's two matches announced for WrestleMania. One, Angel Garza and Andrade are teaming up, I guess, because Zelina manages both both of them, to take on the Street Profits, I guess. They just didn't, just going to do, yeah, this is the worst timeline. This is the worst, yeah, this is it, because... Once again, Andrade is U.S. champion. So now there's just no U.S. championship match because they needed the room on the card to put Aleister Black and fucking Bobby fucking Lashley. Jesus. There is no build. There is nothing here because uh, there has not been anything to build to. Why? Why? No, there is something to build to. It's a show that's too big for one night. It's WrestleMania. Ignore cor- what's coronavirus. We don't know. <laughs> We're tone deaf as fuck. We're WWE, baby. I do love the fact that they just doubled down and they said, you know what? No one's going to be able to come this year. May as well just do the exact same thing. Yeah. Make it two nights. Fuck it. Yeah. We well, could not just do a condensed WrestleMania. Fuck it. We could just do a two-hour main event. No. Let's just put a bunch of stupid matches together. Bunch of people at risk. Well, my favorite is the fact that I, earlier this week before Raw, AJ Styles was like, 
I don't really want to take my family, and I don't want to put myself at risk by going to the performance center, so is there some other place we could have our match? At which point, the ghost of Macho Man Randy Savage floated down from the heavens, and he said, Boneyard is ready! (laughs) (laughs) And then showed AJ Styles a boneyard to have a match in, because I guess that's what that is? What the fuck's a boneyard match? It's a match where you got all the bones, brother, brother. Hey, it's a... Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. I'm I'm reading it right now. It's... It's actually a boner match. <laughs> fucking Undertaker. AJ Styles. Boner match. Both of us take a fucking blue chew. First one to get hard loses. Let's go, old man. Actually, they both take the blue chew at the very opening of the show. And it just shows... AJ popping that bad boy in a normal room, and then all of a sudden everything goes black. And then Taker comes out, and he's got the chew in his hands, and he fucking snorts it or something. I thought you were gonna say he's got the big cloak on, <laughs> and you just see, like, the fucking priest from Little Mermaid, <laughs> little boner stick out from underneath the cloak. Um, now... I will say, apparently, I'm not that creative because FMA, our producer in chat, just sent me a, 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 I guess it's a tweet from AJ. I I don't know. Oh, no, it's from an interview. And the first comment is, Booyard is ready! (laughs) And then someone just said, come on my face, brother! But no, AJ then says, what the heck is a boneyard match? Even I was wondering what a boneyard match is. You fucking challenged him, AJ! You can't just be like, I don't know what the fuck it is. I'm gonna be honest, I just said it. I I, I just got caught up in the moment, and now I'm... I'm honestly, I'm scrambling a little bit, because I found out, since I challenged I have to put it together... I've sent gallows to over 50 different graveyards in the fucking Orlando area trying to find one that would let us film. And not a single damn one said yes, it's just the fuckiest thing. (laughs) It's the fuckiest thing. Under the circumstances, I think there's a reason it's called a boneyard match. We didn't want to say cemetery or graveyard. Let's tread delicately on this. So... In this match that's basically resurrecting the American badass, they're like, let's do the most dead man Undertaker thing, but also have him drive into a cemetery on a motorcycle. Oh, no, they're not... They're they're retooling the gimmick a little bit, so now he's the American bone-ass. The American fucking boner-ass. Um, let's see. Well, there's not much left to talk about, because... The only thing really from NXT... Oh, by the way, if you're wondering what the rest of Raw was, it was that very, very good match between Brock, Seth, and Cena at the Royal Rumble like three fucking years ago. Oh, yeah, which was a very good match, but... It was, but was that to promote? They already gave that match away for free two fucking years ago, or three. I don't know. What's yeah, time? Didn't they play that on the Raw after? Because uh, it was Yeah, the they played it on the Snowden Raw. Oh, so they fucking went back to the well twice. Oh, that's why they did it. Oh, shit, we already gave this one away for free. Might as well. Yeah, it's already in the chamber. We don't have to give anything else away. So Fuck now, it. Uh, 
Io Shirai is back, so that's my one bit of good news from NXT, is the fact that Io is back. We're going to talk about the rest of that a little bit later. Uh, Tamina is getting a title match at WrestleMania, which, holy shit. Yeah, she's going to be in the, like, six-person. It's going to be Tamina, Naomi, I think Naomi, um, fucking Bailey, Sasha... It was Carmella. No, not Carmella. Someone got pulled because someone was in it and then got pulled. But essentially, it's just building up like the Sasha Bailey eventual feud. But they're like, we don't want to pull it right now. Nope. I, I honestly don't even know why they're like why we're going over the matches partially because it's all going to be different next week, isn't it? It's just all going to change. It doesn't matter. We have to predict a show that's going to be changed by the time this episode comes out to next week. So, AEW at least tried this week. I will say, I even tuned out of it. You know me, big AEW stand here. Even I tuned out of it because they weren't allowed to have wrestlers at ringside, but they were allowed to shove wrestlers in a very tiny trailer, which I still don't understand. They set the trailer on fire or something? No, it was just like, well, we can't have the wrestlers in the audience because, like, that's too close. So instead, we're going to put them in this trailer where they're literally inches away from each other. That's not great. That's so, That was rough. I, I will say my MVP of Dynamite this week was definitely Sammy Guevara because Sammy wrestled Kenny for the AAA Mega Championship. And at first, I wasn't sure about it because Sammy was still doing Sammy stuff. Because, like, at ringside, and we talked about this on a load of BS, too, he had fucking drawings of Jericho, Brandy Rhodes. At one point, he picks up the picture of Brandy and makes out with it. And then also Chris Pine (laughs) as one of the Star Trek captains, and it was still so fucking good. Chris Pine did, he does play, like, New Kirk. Is that what it is? Okay, New Kirk. Uh, yeah, and Cody was livid. He wasn't that mad about the Brandy thing, but he was just like, fucking Chris Pine. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Chris Pine. Yeah, so, uh... uh, You know, actually, now that you bring that up, I can just bring out my dissertation. This is not Trek Boys! This ain't Trek Boys! Hold on, I've got a whole... I just saw the season finale of Picard! I just, I was... I've got three pages written on it! So, uh, Sammy then continued to have a masterclass of a three-segment match with Kenny, and Sammy Guevara was, like, reversing the one-winged angel, reversing V-triggers. He was fucking doing some insane shit, and it reminded me why Sammy Guevara is in the inner circle. Because you remember when the inner circle was formed, and we were like, this is a weird compilation of people who don't really aren't, don't seem on Jericho's level. Fucking since then... They've all, like, elevated and worked at least the same work rate as Jericho. Hager, whatever. <laughs> Hager, I, who I believe no-sold a paradigm shift this week, which I didn't watch, but I was very upset about. Well, yeah, that kind of sucks. That's annoying. Although, he's doing exactly what he needs to do, and that's stand there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you can't sell if you're standing there. And then, finally, last piece of AEW news. Uh, You've seen that Brody Lee promo, right? Oh, of course I saw that Brody Lee promo. Do you know, I knew about the Brody Lee promo at, as soon as it was released, because that's when my steak senses started tingling. Yep. 
It was so fucking good. It was probably my favorite thing of all time. And I will agree. Some people online have put this out there, which is there's a little bit of a weird dichotomy between him coming out as weird cult leader last week and then like mob boss suit this week. And I understand that. But also, fuck, it was just so good. It was just so good to watch. That's really weird because like that's kind of what a cult leader is. Yeah, Crazy he- motherfucker. Like, you can, you have, on one end of the scale, you can have your Bray Wyatt-type cult leader. On the other end, you have a super mega church pastor, whatever. Yeah. Just, like, going up eating a good steak and buying private jets. That's what he needs to do next, buy a private jet. Oh, you don't think next week he's going to be in front of, like, one of Tony Khan's jets, but they're going to, like, CG on the Dark Order's logo on it? But yeah, it, I think it is kind of a shift from it where it used to be like this real creepy stable because, I mean, at the end of the day, it is a par- it, firstly, it is a parody of Vince McMahon, no doubt, because of the sneezing shit and the way he ate his steaks and all that. But also, like we've said in the past, AEW is very good at realizing when something is a tr- like not working, and in this case, it's how many spooky stables they had, so they started, like, turning them. So, Busher and the Blade started out as, like, these three creepy fucks, and now they're more of, like, hitmen. Dark Order still has a little bit of the creepy element to it, but now they're starting to convert it to more of, like, what a real cult nowadays would look like. Right, and they've done a really good job with all of the vignettes that they do. The fucking... All of their, like, Join the Dark Order videos are my shit. Oh, they're very good. Also, uh, the other spooky stable is now gone, which was the... Oh, I guess they're still together, but not prominent enough, and that would be the uh, Nightmare Collective. Which, how are they allowed to still call themselves that without Brandy? Because that's why... Because Brandy's like, we're the Nightmare Collective, a subsidiary of the Nightmare family. Oh, yeah. They're just... The Collective. Yeah, now they're just... Uh, that's not a bad fucking name, either. Also, I'm so happy Brandy's back to just being Brandy. Because fuck Brandy's so good. I love Brandy so much when she's being Brandy and not trying to be, like, weird, creepy Brandy. Because I'm like, no, you're just good as who you are. It's like Cody. Cody don't need a gimmick. Just let Cody be fucking Cody. Yeah, he's the son of a son of a plumber. Yeah. Oh, by the way, someone this week was talking about Stardust on Twitter because no one can let him forget. And they were just like, yeah, he should have got pushed. He should have gotten utilized better. And Cody then went, it's not about Stardust getting pushed or not. At that point, I was not working at 110%. I was not being my full self. Which, by the way, if you remember Stardust back then, I was kind of curious what that would have been at 100% because it was already a lot where he was at at that point. That's true. I mean, it could. I I kind of see it as like, to me, it feels like he was going all out in a way that it's just like this is what they want me to do. Because as as it turns out, how much he hated that gimmick, it was just like, pop on, do your thing, and go. When you're behind it a hundred and ten percent, you're loving it as much as like yeah. they are doing it or they are telling you what to do. This is just like they them directing you. In a very specific way, and you kind of doing it. I've done, I've I've done that in acting before, yeah. and I I understand what it's like when you kind of get to that point where it's just like I'm just gonna go out here and do this. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, I my favorite part about it, though is the fact that Cody is still to this day very much a humble dude of just like. Stardust didn't not work because of WWE. Stardust didn't work because of me. He takes the entire blame for Stardust on himself at this point, and it makes me really excited to see him be humble as fuck and not being like, hey, fuck that. That's the thing. A lot of the AEW guys are like, well, WWE wasn't for me. Because there are people in WWE that the WWE style works very fucking well for. It's guys who are very talented at taking a pre-written promo and bringing it to life. But then yep. there are the Or a- people that aren't talented enough to do their own promos and then get being given something that works a lot better than if they went out there on their own. Exactly. Well, and then you've got AEW guys who just want more creative freedom. And I think the beauty of the AEW guys is they realize, like, no, the WWE way works. I mean, like, look at how much fucking money they draw in in a year. It's just not what I wanted. So at least they have, like, the humbleness to accept that. Also, my new favorite trope in wrestling is any time that there's a uh, debut in AEW, they have to immediately do Jericho's podcast. <laughs> It's a it's a requirement at this point. Jericho is an interesting case of that because he's on the one hand he's like, yeah, that's exactly that's what WWE is good at. But he's also one of the guys who's like he was there when you could do more with WWE. So, like the reason the I I think the biggest reason he went to AEW is because he wanted that again for himself. Yeah, very much. Cuz he so. kind of he got to see what it was like having more of that when he went to Japan. He's like I want it. Yeah. Oh. And he tried to go back to WWE, and they didn't give it to him. It's like, give me what I want. Yeah. Speaking of Jericho, by the way, fucking pristine promo this week against a drone. Yeah. Like, the Matt Hardy bit was all right. It was kind of weird seeing Matt back being full Matt and being reminded of, like, wow, this is kind of a weird, like, energy without a crowd here. But Jericho just fucking screaming at Vanguard 1 and being like, I don't like you. I don't like your politics. I don't like your little persona on Twitter. (laughs) But I want to invite you to the inner circle. It was so fucking good. Oh, and Matt Hardy can teleport now. It was very choice. Oh, yeah. I'm real down with that because I love a good old teleporting spooky boy. They took all the... That's the reason they took all the spooky stuff away. All the spooky stables. They did... They had to save it up for Matt. Well, here's my favorite. Is the fact that... At first I was like, oh, it's cool. He's teleporting. I bet what they've done is like chroma keyed out Jericho. So Jericho looks like he's standing in place. Nope. Every cut, Jericho's looking in a different fucking direction and totally fucking up the illusion. It was so... Oh, and he can summon fire. Matt Hardy's gone insane. This is peak Matt Hardy. I can't wait for when we finally get a crowd again. Oh, yeah. Oh. And that pop is going to be... That's probably why they moved Blood and Guts, is they're like, Nah, this needs a crowd. We can't not have this a crowd. Actually, that reminds me of something uh, that Jericho went off on. I can't remember. I don't know if I could find it, but um, he essentially, he basically called someone a stupid idiot on Twitter for them moving blood and guts. And he said, we can't have more than 10 people in a gathering at any point. There's 11 in the cage. (laughs) That's so good. Um, also, Gazi does say AEW's problem and best thing about AEW is there's so much spooky shit. 
But my favorite is that they're aware of it, and then they can make jokes about it at this point. Because my favorite Joey Janela promo, since he's joined... Actually, no, probably since the one he cut on Moxley ahead of their match at Fighter Fest. But that it was him and Private Party backstage, and then he just goes, We're the new spooky stable here! We're the fucking hate rectangle! And then at which point, I can't remember who it was, if it was Isaiah Cassidy or, um... Uh, uh, oh, fuck, I can't remember the other one's name. Uh, but then he just goes, I was thinking about this earlier. We're the Death Oreo. And then both members of Private Party get on both sides of Janela. And you see Janela's look of recognition of, Oh, fuck yeah! We're the Death Oreo! Because <laughs> he's like, we are Hate Rectangle. Or the also known as the Boy Party. And I was like, I want them to be called the Boy the Party. Boy so Party. Bad. <laughs> that is a great state. Oh, man. <laughs> I want the boys to get in it now. Oh, yeah, yeah, get them get them boys. But you know what I want to p- get people into? Patreon.com slash load of BS. That's the website where you can support the Fight Boys and get access to exclusive content like Wrestling History X or stuff like me and Blake reacting to our old wrestling videos that are absolutely dog shit garbage. And, oh, we get to do another one of those this month. Oh, yeah, we do, because Dylan finally submitted his fucking, vi- his fucking recording. Of uh, his Kenny Omega Jr. run episode of Wrestling History X. It was an hour and five minutes long. Oh my god, I've got so much fucking editing to do on this bad boy. It is gonna be a lot to turn into a Wrestling History X episode. Nice. Nice, 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 nice. Now I don't have to feel inadequate for making mine shorter. Oh yeah, and you get shouted out on the show of your choice every single week like that. Motherfucker Gazi! Who, I don't feel like we can pressure him into going again, because, like, I think he's back to a dollar a month. But even then, I don't feel, like, confident at this point in American history to be like, no, give us more money! No, so if you don't already give us money, just give us a dollar! Just give us, like, dollar, five dollars, whatever you've got, it would help, because... We do need some cashola, some little liquid assets at this point to keep going. Uh, it would mean the world to us. Patreon.com slash BS. Blake, who are we tweeting? I know this isn't your bit, but, like, Dylan ain't here. I mean, fuck it. Let's tweet Vanguard 1. Fuck. I, does Vanguard have an official Twitter account? I actually don't know. I don't... It would be great if he had one. Hold on, we could do some cross-promo here because on merch.aloadofpurebs.com we're about to release fake album covers for our audio drama Deviant and they're all metal-themed. Why don't we go to the master of metal himself, Warhorse, and ask for his review? Yes, I'm down with it. There there does look like a, an official Vanguard 1 Twitter account, though. <laughs> I don't know if it's real. It, it's... it has to be called, like, Real Vanguard Brand in all caps. Yeah. It's at Vanguard1AAR, official account leader of the hashtag Aerial Assault Robots, Hardy Compound, head of security, best friend of at Benjamin Senior, lo- loyal soldier for at Matt Hardy Brand. Hey, Warhorse, how metal are these new posters for Deviant? It's essentially, uh, it's essentially an audio drama... <laughs> It's essentially the story of Star Wars if it was written by a metalhead. Star Wars Metal Boys. Well, Blake, while I finish up this good, good tweet, why don't you 
give me your heel of the week. Oh boy, here it goes. I'm glad that you had it in the notes because I wanted to talk about him and then you told and then I didn't have a heel of the week. So here we go. Um Man, Braun Strowman's been uh the opposite of a class act over all of this quarantine bullshit. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry, I don't wanna have to interrupt you. But Brian Alvarez released the numbers for NXT and AEW. AEW, 819,000. NXT did not chart. NXT did not chart. Like, last week was bad because, you know, they weren't showing anything. But even still, how did it not chart? First cop, first reply is we did it, boys. NXT's canceled. So, <laughs> fuck me, dude. And still, eight hundred nineteen k. That's pretty good. That's considering. real strong, dude. Like, damn. Oh my god. Anyways, that... wash these hands. Oh yes, he. Uh, as I'm fucking seeing. Okay, so Braun. You know, I like Braun's wrestling persona sometimes, and other times I hate it. Um, the minute but he you know adjust- what? I don't like his politics. <laughs> I don't like his Twitter persona. I've got the minute Braun adopted running around the ring and nudging people as one of his primary spots is the minute I went. I'm done with Braun Strowman. I don't have to. I don't need this anymore. So to preface this, I want to say this was a response by him on Twitter for all of the indie wrestlers who do go show to show and work booking to booking who aren't on TV right now and don't have what we would call contracts or a definite way to support themselves in the case of a massive fucking quarantine. Hell, some, asking- of, them, some of them even have contracts. Think about like ROH guys. Or even better, the fucking revival. <laughs> yep. And you know what? These guys, they, if they ain't if they ain't on TV, they ain't getting paid. If they ain't in the ring, they ain't getting paid. Because ROH doesn't have a fucking like stipend account for yeah. people. You get paid per fucking booking. So Braun decides to tweet this out. Here we go with more of the somebody pay for my bills stuff. If you can't afford to pay your bills, maybe you should change professions. That's why I quit Strongman. I loved it, but I couldn't afford to live, so instead of making a GoFundMe or a Patreon wanting someone else to take care of me, I went out and worked harder than I ever have in my life to get where I am. Fucking what happened you! To- <laughs> what happened to being accountable for your own actions? Braun... I don't know if you understand how stupid that is. I don't know if you understand how a virus quarantine works. Works. Yeah. You are so fucking lucky to have a definite stream of income, my dude. When people that I know who have had jobs for a long time are now filing for unemployment because they don't know when they're going to get back to work. So... That's not just happening in wrestling. It's happening all fucking over. At least people in wrestling have the ability to, like, 
put their personalities that they have built and worked hard on out there to ask for support while they're not getting jobs or bookings. So, well, not only uh, that, a lot of them do like even bigger names. Like I'm fairly sure Alley Cat also works at Starbucks. Like uh, they, it's not that they just rely on independent wrestling, but like even Gazi in chat, he's saying like half of his living is wrestling three days a week. So like, it's not a ma- like, like Gazi does have another job. These people have other jobs, Braun. It's just- <laughs> uh, FMA with the ultimate punchline. He does not have a WrestleMania match. Fucking nice, 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 nice. And, and it's like I understand that for any. He said later he moved to Florida with everything he owned in a Kia Soul with one hundred and fifty dollars to his name when he started wrestling. It's like that's great. You did work your way up. You got lucky. Well, not only that, what about the people who, like, worked their way up to be a top star in Ring of Honor, working for 10 years to do that? Or the people who worked their way up to become, like, the CEO of a major company that's having to shut down for a few? Like, people are still working hard to make money. They did not choose to not make money right now. No, this is, like, he's talking about as if this is something that, like, that this is an effect of the choices that these people have made, which it is not. It is something that is bigger than literally every single one of us right now because we are all subject to a a bad fucking virus. Oh, yeah. Well, my favorite is the fact that somehow Silas Young had a better, like, apology than Braun because I don't even think Braun's apologized that because Silas actually did tweet out something like, you know, 40% of the country at this point is like, it's not that severe, it's not a big deal. And to those people, I'm like, fuck off but silas tweeted something like that and then a week later he's like part of being a a real the real last man is being willing to admit when you were wrong and that appears to be the case with my reaction to covid19 and i sincerely apologize and i went oh that's how you fucking do it broad (laughs) you don't just yell at all of the people who let's be honest in a few fucking months might be working you um, Scotty, I'm gonna send you something in this chat, because it's, um, it's by a man. Oh, no, 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 I may already have pulled up. Okay, I think you know, you, I think you've already got it, you did have him in the notes, so. Well, this is the worst part about this entire situation, like, it's not that Braun Strowman's an idiot, it's not that Silas Young was an idiot and apologized, the worst part about this entire situation is the fact that Braun Strowman has forced me to agree with a certain individual on the internet who I have blocked on all of our Twitter accounts because, uh, let's see, was this on his podcast or on his Twitter? I think it was on his podcast. Uh, at which point he said, Up until seven years ago, Strowman was a fucking bum! When you're as big and strong as fucking Strowman, WWE noticed you and basically pays you to go to school. He's paid to train, has a guaranteed contract, and gets paid whether he wrestles or not. He couldn't survive in the actual wrestling business, never had to pay his dues. He got paid to train and learn and got a guaranteed contract. Uh, Cornette then went on to explain that he supports the GoFundMe's for independent wrestlers, noting that things are out of their control. I don't understand why Strowman acts like it was their choice that their bookings got canceled. This was not any of their fault. For a guy with guaranteed money to be down on him, fuck you, you big fat fuck. He's a fathead. <laughs> I want. I hope the rest of the podcast was nothing but Cornette just screaming about Bron being a fathead. That 
fucking fat fuck fucking pizza john motherfucking skull bitch i was wondering how long it would take after the last time we had to deal with cornet to go back to oh but here's the thing i agree with him on um because the the weird thing about cornet is i hate most of his opinions on wrestling now because he can't change with the times well, I honestly, at some point, do think he's trying to Alex Jones it. Like, just build a personality. He's got his own little cult, and he realizes that, like, if he leans into that personality, it helps radicalize them even more, and it helps promote him even more. Because, like, if you've listened to the Bucks and people shoot on him, every once in a while, you will hear a story of, like, the Bucks being backstage and Jim coming up to them and being like... Hey, brother, why don't we go make some money together? Why don't we do some work together? I mean, we've been working them hard on Twitter, and then Matt would just be like, we're not fucking working. You're an asshole. It's like, I think, uh, yeah, I think I've even uh, posited something like that before, because it does, he he makes money off of his personality now, because he doesn't do anything else in wrestling. Yeah. Um, He's also like, when you get to his politics, some ain't bad. It's pretty good. Well, my heel of the week is... um, I'm going to be honest, it it might not be everyone. Like, this might be a baby face of the week for some people. And it is how WWE, specifically NXT, is now treating Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Because now, instead of having, like, this epic blow-off to be the main event... Because, like, this week, Triple H came down and essentially looked at them and was like, Hey, no fucking more fighting. You're going to have one more match. I'm going to text you a random location, and you're going to show up like it's fucking blood sport, (laughs) and you're going to just fight in this empty-ass building. And I'm like, that's all right. But alternatively, what would have been even better is Triple H coming down and being like, hey, fuck Aleister Black and Bobby Lashley. You're on WrestleMania, because that is a match deserving of WrestleMania. More than the majority of the shit they've announced for WrestleMania. Throw those two on there in a last man standing match or something brutal that they can do between one another and let them prove themselves on this massive stage that everyone's gonna see. Don't put them on what is going to literally be a random episode of NXT, because that's what they're doing now. They're taking what was the NXT TakeOver card and just spreading it out like like butter on toast across a few fucking weeks. Give them a spot that they've earned. And I know everyone's real excited that Killer Cross is here. Fuck yeah, Killer Cross, Scarlet Bordeaux, that's great. Guess where he didn't need to be fucking brought in during the hottest angle they have ever had. Yeah, I I'm not a fan of it either cuz I like, think that they could like they 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 deserve a spot for this fucking feud. I this is just not the way that management sees it and just like it's it's annoying to me. So or fuck at least it. don't have fucking the don't tease it tonight. Do not tease it tonight. It would have been badass if they blood sported all across this empty fucking building until the ref was like, finally, it's over. Tommaso stands tall, and the big story is that this is a, an abandoned building. No one knows where the fuck it is. All of a sudden, last minute, fucking steel pipe across the back of the head. Tommaso falls down on Johnny, 
and Cross is right behind him. End of NXT. Would have been great. But now that you've teased it, everyone's going to be like, oh, he's going to be involved in that. That's cool, I guess. Okay. Well, they just kind of ruined it at that point. Yeah. Yay! Well, now on to baby faces of the week, which, wow, we have actually kind of kept up time accurately. Well, I did not expect us to keep up time. Baby How face. do we do this? I don't know! Okay, so my baby face of the week is a g- all-around good dude. Yeah. Period. End of story. Um, because in the immortal words of Mr. Rogers, you look for the helpers. Look for the people who are willing <laughs> yeah. to help. And you look for the people that are actually doing something, not uh, bullshitting on uh, Instagram is where Braun's post was, yeah. actually. I, can I also put a, uh, I know who you're going for, but can I also add Mustafa Ali, Evil Uno, ah shit, there was one other one who I can't remember off the top of my head, but a lot of people who are coming out to support independent wrestling right now. Yes, anybody anybody who has come out in support of independent wrestlers deserves to be Babyface of the Week. Uh, but my big one is uh, Rusev. Who tweeted uh, a couple days ago, in Bulgaria we say, It's not a lot, but it's from the heart. I pledge $20,000 to any of my WWE extended family that are sitting at home without income. We can't do it without y'all. Production, security, etc. Love y'all. At this point, Rusev is kind of becoming like the Batman, where he just goes off into hiding for a few months, and then, like, it's like Jim Gordon's just looking down, just like, when will he be back? When we need him most, he will return to us. He is not the hero that we need, but the hero we deserve. Rusev Day! And one day, we will all know, for that day will be... Rusev Day. I'm really happy that people like Rusev have been coming out in support of independent wrestlers and people who are, like, losing... Or even uh, in Rusev's case, uh, people who... Staff that would be forgotten by WWE, essentially. The production staff, the people who work behind the scenes that aren't always given that guaranteed income. Well, not only that, or any respect, which... By the way, the one good thing, and this just reminded me of another random heel thing. Uh, Do you remember when Ultimate Warrior announced the Warrior Award for the Hall of Fame? Yep. You remember what he wanted it to be? He wanted it to be recognizing the great people who work behind the scenes at WWE that you don't always get to see. The seamstresses, the cameramen, all those people. I love Connor the Crusher. He was the greatest inspiration that WWE ever had. But that wasn't... I'm fine with him getting the Hall of Fame spot. That's okay. But that's not what the Warrior Award was about. It was supposed to be recognizing people in WWE who just worked their ass off behind the scenes to get somewhere. And WWE to this day still forget them. As a matter of fact, I don't know why they thought that it was a great idea to co-opt the Warrior Award idea when they could have really just made something else. Like, they could have made their own, like, unique, original thing for the WWE heroes that are just fans of WWE that have gone through adversities and still love the product that much. Or like, that would be a great spin. That would be a great re- award to give out. Or just super fan, like WWE super fan, like, Hall of Fame spot. 
which I would easily put Izzy as my number one Hall of Fame draft ballot pick for the super fan because Frank the Clown can go fuck himself. Oh, God, if Frank the Clown ever got that award, I would have to go up there and make them shut it down. <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, he's one of those guys that like to be healed a little too much. I used to be that guy, but not anymore. Now I'm straight up like, hey, dude, I get it. But just to be chill for a few. Well, mine is actually kind of, my baby face is kind of piggybacking off of yours. And it is AEW, second week in a row. We may have to retire the old AEW as a baby face jersey. But specifically AEW Dark and what they did this week. Because this week, they had a few matches with AEW talent. But for the most part, they brought in indie guys to actually work i think i think they had caleb Connolly. i don't remember off the top of my head i don't think they did but the one that stuck out to me was sugar dunkerton old Shug d is a guy who i saw at a chikara show in the smallest bingo hall in like 2012 2013 back when, when he was in fist with like icarus and all them and he's a guy who i've always loved he works in the atlanta independent scene a lot and just the fact that he like he was straight up like I got laid off and had all my dates canceled and then two days later AEW called me at which point I very hurriedly had to find a way down there to to wrestle for them but the fact that AEW last minute were like hey shit's fucked why don't we bring in some indie talent to work and try to help promote them and grow their brand which WWE could do the same thing it's not like WWE does not utilize indie talent but when they do, it's so Braun Strowman can fucking choke slam them into the fucking sun. Like, yeah, that's the thing about WWE's. If they use indie talent, it's like it's always a squash match. With this, it was more of a. It's and, and especially given the times, like it is just a really it is a really good gesture to wrestlers. Yeah, for a wrestling company to do. Oh yeah, without a doubt, my dude. Like WWE is is rough. AEW is like helping out at some point. Because at the end of the day, say so. Like say people are starting to love Shug D. That would then lead AEW to go. Oh, that's who we need to bring in next. That's a that's a way to promote somebody where uh, we don't want to move forward on them. Well, their stock on the indies has increased, or if their stock has increased so much, they could sign them. Like it's still fine. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, oh god, Gazi does have another point. WWE does have over 200 signed wrestlers. They could have a full three-hour Raw full of matches, but they fucking don't, because they're insane. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. I'm so ready for this to be fucking over, my dude. You've got no idea. We'll have to see what's going on next year. (laughs) Next week. Fuck. Yeah, my that was my favorite meme of all time is somebody was like, man, feels like coronavirus has been so long. How long has it been since I've been in quarantine? The bare naked ladies take very deep breath. It's been... Ben. <laughs> this summer, two men save the world. From who you ask? Everything invading robo-penises. This show is not about those two men. (laughs) This show's just a load of BS. The show are Blake Tanner and Scotty Moore. Make up dumbass movies like that. 
we're your personal think tank. We're your two white guys, which fills the quota for a <laughs> podcast, I think. And we're just gonna be here to have a good time and talk about sauerkraut. That's right, except no substitutes, ladies and gentlemen, because this is that pure, uncut Yes. Good, good, uncut. Well, Blakey T, we've talked WWE, we've talked AEW, and we've somehow managed to get a squeeze a solid 50 minutes out of pro wrestling this week, which I'm impressed. I don't know how we did it. Happy for us. If Dylan was here, this episode would be two hours at this point. I'm so <laughs> proud. Dylan would have been like, wait, no, fuck you. You didn't watch Dark. You just read. Yeah, I watched it. Let me tell you about Dark this week. But what I'd want to tell you about right now is a little company called JWF because WrestleMania is looking to be a shit show, which means the number one show of that weekend is now going to be Wrestlepalooza. And in order to find out what the next matches are going to be, we're going to have to tune into another episode of JWF Monday Night War. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to JWF Monday Night War. I'm your host, Silver Spoon, joined as always by the man who is getting ready for the biggest party of the year. It's Captain Tim. I'm so happy to be here, Sills, in this empty, empty place. That's right, Tibbs. But of course, let's talk about last week's episode of Monday Night War, an episode that was iconic. Let's be honest. I thought we were going to see a title change happen last week when, Amanda, I know you've had some issues with Felix Ball faced off against Momoa Curry. And Tibbs, I'll be honest, Felix took the champ to his limits. Silves, do we always have to talk about Felix Ball? I understand he's Felix fucking Ball. Look, I'm tired of talking about Felix Ball. And yes, he did do that. It was a great feat of strength and whatever. But did he win? No. Well, that's... Well, to be fair, Tibbs, that is because the match was ended due to a disqualification when the Dylan, one of, I guess, the former members of the dynasty, came out and assaulted Felix Ball, beat down Momoa Curry, and then Scotty Moore, Mr. Cash in the back himself, came down to the ring had his briefcase at the ready, was ready to become the new World Heavyweight Champion. But before that cash-in could happen, before the match could begin, the Dylan shocked the entire JWF universe, turning on his own partner, punching Scotty Moore straight in the dick with his patented upper dicker maneuver and absolutely taking down the leader of the Dynasty Tibbs. It was a surprise, to be sure, Sills, but I loved it. That's right, but Scotty Moore is in the ring right now, and he seems confused by the Dylan's action, so why don't we hear what he's got to say to the Lord of the Smart Sun. Last week, I, I came within inches of accomplishing the dream of the dynasty, the dream to finally hold the JWF World Heavyweight Championship. Everything... Everything was perfect. Every little piece aligned according to our plans, and there was no way anything could go wrong. Or at least I thought. I 
thought nothing could go wrong. But you see, then suddenly my right-hand man, as it were, a man I thought I could trust with the world, decided to turn his back on me, turn his back on the dynasty, and punch me square in the dick. You see, there's one thing you can always trust a snake to do, and that's for them to be a snake. And when I invited the Dylan to join the dynasty, I knew who he was. I knew that I had a snake in the grass. But in the case of the Dylan, I'm still confused why why he would decide to strike last week. Of all times, why not let me grab that world heavyweight championship, D, huh? Why not turn on me after Wrestlepalooza? Face me for that title. It could be the Lord of the Smart Side versus the bad boy Scotty Moore for the World Heavyweight Championship. But you see, the Dylan's ego, it, w- it wouldn't let him accept that. The Dylan's ego decided to act before he could think. And while attempting to ruin my life, ruin my cash-in, the Dylan only accomplished one thing, and that's ruin his own life. Because his ego refused to let him think things out. I mean, if he would have just thought for one second that he could... Oh, Tibbs! There it is, the music of the Lord of the Smart Side himself, and he is coming down to ringside. He's got a big smirk on his face, Tip. Oh. All right, well, let's hear what the Dylan has to say in response to Scotty Moore. No, 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 Scotty. See, you've got this all wrong. See, I see you down there, and you're thinking that I did this for me. You're thinking that last week I'm trying to make a name for myself by taking you down. But you see, you don't get it. See, the whole purpose of the dynasty, what I've known from the beginning, is that the dynasty wasn't there for the three of us to make a name for ourselves. The the dynasty existed solely so that you could finally catch up to Blake and me. You see, Blake, Blake, he has the longest reigning championship in the history of the company, I made my name taking down titans of this company, of this industry, during my title run. And you, you, Scotty, you've done nothing in the main event. Everything you have, everything you've accomplished has come with the caveat of being with someone else, whether it be Blake whether it be me, whether it be your own father. You're always having to be carried by someone else see who the thing is is that without us any of us you're just standing there just a jackass with his dick in his hands because you don't have what it takes to be a major player in this industry without blake and without me there is no dynasty there's just a nobody adrift in the jwf universe and I proved that because in expiration day, your own best friend, Blake, he didn't stand beside you. Last week, when I turned on you, the crowd cheered my name. And in that moment, as I left you there with your hopes and dreams shattered before you yet again, I know you saw it too. Saw that no one thinks that you're anyone. And the failure that you are, No one ever will. Have a good night.
Well, Tim, strong words there from the Dylan. I, I mean, and, and let's be honest, he's kind of being correct about the nature of Scotty Moore. He definitely is trying to make his name off the backs of men like Blake Tanner and Scott Moore, his father. Scotty Moore is definitely not in a good place right now when it comes to the Dylan. On it all sales, it's like the Dylan's trying to expose him for what he really is, at least in the Dylan's mind. I would feel pretty good if I was Scotty Moore, honestly. That's right. And let's not forget, I mean, the Dylan has been part of the dynasty for months now. Do you think this has been the plan from the beginning? The, the plan for the Dylan to try to wait until Scotty Moore was at his weakest and ready to strike? It's not something I would put past the Dylan. He might have been working on this for a long time, but you, you never know with that guy unless he tells you straight. And he rarely tells you something straight. That's right, Tibbs. But speaking of men striking from out of nowhere, let's talk about a few weeks ago when our tag team champions, the wild-eyed Southern Boys, were in the ring declaring themselves the greatest tag team in JWF history. Said they'd take on any team, any comer. And at that point, the, the lights went out, the ring went dark, and suddenly familiar music played as the JXT standouts, the War Wizards, made their debut here for the JWF coming down to the ring. And Tibbs, let's be honest, the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys, it looked like they had seen a ghost. And I'm hoping that uh, their triumphant entrance into the JWF will give the, the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys something that they've been needing for a while, and that's a legitimate challenge. That's right, Tibbs, and that challenge is going to come at Wrestlepalooza, but it is not just going to be the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys and the War Wizards, is it, Tibbs? Not at all, Sills. I decided to make this match a fatal four-way ladder match for the JWF Tag Team Championships, which will feature, of course, the War Wizards and the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys, but I'm going to add in the VWO, because I think they still deserve a shot at the championships, and of course... I realized we didn't have any other tag teams, really, so I put bananas in pajamas in it. <clears throat> well, uh, Tibbs, you, you say bananas in pajamas are, are just kind of like an add-on scraping the bottom of the barrel, but let's not forget bananas in pajamas. They are former JWF tag team champions in their own right. They have worked their way up the ladder, and let me tell you something. When it comes to this match... They may be the wild cards. I mean, the VWO, you got to think they're still a little bit jaded. Might still want revenge on the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys for taking the titles. The Wild-Eyed Southern Boys are going to be focused on the War Wizards. That's going to allow Bananas and Pajamas maybe some time to take advantage, climb the ladder, and become champions themselves once again. Well, Sills, at this point, they've been on an eight- to nine-month bender, and I did have to pull them hungover out of a Staten Island dumpster. So hopefully they can shake that ring rust off and get back to where they were. That's right, Tibbs. But speaking of the VWO, I want to talk about another member of the VWO, the man known as the Hammer Man. Someone who has not been seen since the expiration date pay-per-view, of course, when unfortunately the VWO were defeated by the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys in that epic three-on-three -three elimination match. And, and let's be honest, at the end of the... It almost seemed like the Hammerman was carrying the VWO on his back, but unfortunately at the very end, that back gave way, and that allowed the Southern Boys to pick up the victory. And you know the Hammerman hasn't felt good since that match. No, Sills, if I if I felt like I let my ham... Like my, uh, let your hammer down, yes. If I let my hammer down like my family, yes, Sills, that's what I was getting at. 
The Hammerman is obviously not in a good place. The VWO relied too much on him in their match, and I think that reliance kind of caused him to break in a way, like you said. So, now that he feels broken, he's probably going to try to build himself back up. That's right, and we've got one of our top interviewers backstage with the Hammerman to hear his thoughts on that match and what's next for the Hammerman ahead of Wrestlepalooza. Let's have a listen. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Honey Potnik back, and I'm better than ever here with your masked man known as the Hammerman. Now, Hammerman, a few weeks ago, you and your family were hastily defeated by the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys in a three-on-three elimination match. But being only a few weeks away from Wrestlepalooza, I have to ask, what is next for you, the Hammerman? Well, when you're handed a loss like... The one we got handed at expiration date, it, it forces you to take a step back and reevaluate some things, Honeypot. It forces you to... Oh my god, Tim's from out of nowhere. Who the hell is this? So, some hooded figure assaulting the hammer man, just beating down the masked man, putting boots to him. Oh my god, just kicking his head into that cement wall. What in the world's going on? Oh, he was just trying to talk. Why? Why is the world trying to take everything I love away? Oh, God, the Hammer Man might be concussed after that, Tibbs, and they're not letting up. We gotta get security back there. Who who the hell is this? And, oh, my God, they've just, they've grabbed that garbage can, just slamming it against the body of the masked man, and... Oh, my God, Tibbs. Tibbs, it's Blake Tanner! It's Blake Tanner! We thought he wasn't cleared to compete here in the JWF ever ever since expiration date. We thought he had been hospitalized for several concussions after that vicious match with the Dillon, but Blake Tanner is back, and he is beating the hell out of the hammer, man. Oh my god, just punting the skull into the trash can. This is horrifying. But, But why? I don't know, Tibbs, but now Blake's up on one of the production boxes, got the hammer man's head sandwiched inside of that garbage can, and oh my god, delivering the Blake out, crushing that garbage can, that metal, the, the jagged metal, crushing in the face of the hammer man, that massive stomp just destroying the masked member of the VWO. What in the world is Blake Tanner thinking, Tibbs? Uh- I don't know, Sills. I just, I just don't understand. Why would he do something like this? I don't know, Tibbs. But speaking of some matches that, speaking of some possible matches that we are going to have at Wrestlepalooza, I want to talk about the one match we know we're going to have, and it is when the Leviathan, the winner of this year's Regal Rumble, the Beast, the Monster, takes on the man known as Momoa Curry, the God of the JWF, and Tibbs. And this is not hyperbole. This is a match with absolutely apocalyptic consequences. Yes, Sills, fate of the world and all that. This is the third time it's happened. So if Momoa Curry doesn't beat him this time, we're just going to be all up shit creek. That's right, Tibbs. I mean, let's not forget the Leviathan being resurrected after last year's Summerfest. Uh, The men known as La Flambeau using the JWF Championship using its power to resurrect the Leviathan and bring him back to life. And ever since, the Leviathan has been dead set on facing Momoa Curry, on taking his title away from him. And, and Tibbs, let's be honest, this new revitalized version of the Leviathan we've seen, seen since the Regal Rumble, I think he might be enough to put the champ down, and that absolutely terrifies me. 
It has horrible, bloody consequences for all of us cells, so we've got to put all of our faith and just really hope that Momoa Curry can do what he does best. That's right, Tibbs. But, of course, that's going to be at Wrestlepalooza, where we are also going to have... have uh, Tibbs, Tibbs, ah, Tibbs, can you... Oh, God, oh, God, Tibbs, ah. oh, my God, what in the... Tibbs, look up on the... Look up on the Tron. It, it, it's... It's your son. It's Chuck Tibbs' hospital room. He's been tossed out of his bed. What in the world? No. Hey, Tibbs. Hey, Tibbs. How you doing down there, bud? Having a good day down there with your old friends at the JWFC? It's me, your old... Felix fucking Ball. That's right. It's your old buddy, Felix Ball. And I decided to have a little visit to one of my old star pupils. You might know him as Canada Charlie or, oh, oh, I'm sorry, Chuck Tibbs. That's right. Do you know him? Do you know Chuck Tibbs? Oh, he's doing good right now. Damn it, Felix. What do you think you're doing? That's my goddamn family. Oh, and you know who my family was, Tibbs? You know who mine was? My family was the St. John's Wrestling Federation. The greatest professional wrestling organization in all of New Brunswick, Canada. That's right, Tibbs. The original JWF. Yeah, that's right. I'm sure a lot of people in this audience thought this was all Captain Tibbs, right? Not stolen from old Felix Ball. But you see, you couldn't let me have that, could you, Tibbs? You just had to let your ego get in the way and try to shut me out of the company that I started. You see, these past few months, everyone's been screaming about, oh, how dare Felix Ball try and ruin Captain Tibbs' life when no one stopped to think about how you ruined mine. You took the JWF from me. You took my family from me. And now I think it's only fair that I take your family from you. Say bye-bye, Charlie. No, no, no. Just wait a minute. Just wait a goddamn... Okay. Okay. Felix. I'm sorry. Well, Tibbs' ego just got the best of him. And yeah, I wanted the JWF all to myself. You're right. I took it from him. He had me kicked out of Canada because I took it from you. I bought out all of your shares of the company and I brought it down here to Alabama. Because I wanted it, and I... I guess I thought I could just leave Canada behind me. No matter how much you run, you can never escape Canada, huh? Alright. There. I apologized. I just let my fucking son go. (laughs) Oh, oh, that was... Oh, that was performance of a lifetime there, Tibbs. But unfortunately, no. No, I'm not going to let him go. Because a simple, I'm sorry, that just ain't going to cut it this time, Tibbs. You see, there's reparations to be made. There's justice to be paid. And I'm going to get my justice when the JWF returns to its rightful owner... Felix the Wrecking Ball and returns home to shut up! You know what? Fuck it. I tried to do it the nice way. No, I'm done trying. 
I tried to apologize for what I've done, but since you just don't want to hear it, Paul, let's do it your way. You want the JWF? You want the company that you might have started, but that I made great? You want my company to just be handed to you on a silver fucking platter after I did all the work? No. You're going to have to fight me for it, you son of a bitch. Wrestlepalooza. Felix fucking Ball versus Captain Tibbs. Nautical rules. And the winner... The winner gets control of the entire JWF. And the loser never, never fucking ever steps foot in this goddamn company again. If you want a JWF ball, you can pry it from my cold, dead fucking hands. Um, Tibbs? Not for nothing. But you have not wrestled in an entire year. Meanwhile, Felix Ball is the current captain's champion. He's been on a tear in recent weeks. He almost pinned Momoa Curry last week. Are, are you really this dumb to put the put the entire company on the line like this? Sil, you don't understand. You don't understand what this man has put me through. You might have seen it, but you don't understand it. This is years of history coming back to it. Yeah, I might not have wrestled in a year. If I don't wrestle now, if I don't take the fight to Felix Ball, then everything, everything I've ever worked for is going to be meaningless. And that's why I'm going to go to Wrestlepalooza. And I'm going to kick his ass out of this company for good. Well, Tibbs, I, I gotta say I don't agree with you, but looks like we've got another match announced for Wrestlepalooza. It's gonna be nautical rules when Captain Tibbs faces Felix Ball for control of the JWF. In addition to that, we're going to see Momoa Curry face off against the Leviathan. That epic fatal four-way ladder match between the VWO, the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys, the b- team, of course, uh, returning to the JWF, Bananas and Pajamas, And, of course, the War Wizards, the debuting team, going to be facing off in a ladder match for the JWF Tag Team Championships. And I'm actually getting word right now we are also going to be seeing as these the dynasty implodes when Scotty Moore faces off against the Dillon in what is going to be an absolutely epic knockdown brawl, an epic street fight. And let me tell you something, if the Dillon brings the same energy he brought when he fought Blake Tanner at expiration date, I do not think things are going to be going well for Scotty Moore. Maybe not, Sills. I gotta go, co- I got a company to go save, so, uh, I'm going to get to training. All right. See you later. All right. Well, while Tibbs goes, does that, I'll remind you guys to come back next time for the final episode of JWF Monday Night War. And then after that, make sure to go to iTunes and subscribe to JWF Monday Night Ignition to get all of your great JWF coverage after Wrestlepalooza ends. Hey, Sills, it might not just production note it might not be the best to just say this is going to be our last episode before i do have a fight for the fate of the company so maybe we just let everybody know that and we just don't mention next it. time on jwf monday night War.
So, Blakey T, it has been one hell of an episode. What did you learn this week? I learned that we can somehow talk for an hour about wrestling, even in the worst situations. Damn it, you beat me to it. That was going to be mine, too. That was going to be full on mine. And I learned that in the darkest of night, when the city seems bleak, only one man could come to save us. I'm Rusev. $20,000! Who is... Hold on, no, who's his Joker? Who's the Rusev Joker? I want it's it just to be... I want it to be Aiden English for some reason. I can't, no, Aiden English would be his Two-Face, if anything. Yeah. I think his Joker would be Cena. Cena would be a good Joker for Rusev. But until next week, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Blake A. Tanner on the Twitter, you can find me at the Dark Room Vinci on YouTube, and you can find me here on the BS Network on all of these great podcasts that we do, like Fight Boys, the one you're listening to right now, a load of BS, and of course, the audio drama Deviant, which is about to have its season finale, I believe. Yep, in two weeks is the season finale. Episode 9's coming up Sunday, and it makes me very, very excited. And go to merch.loadofpurebs.com and pick up the brand new Deviant album covers. They're actual, like, little fake album posters that you can put up on your wall. Makes it look like you own albums, even though it's 2020 and no one uses albums anymore. Find me on Twitter at ScottyMo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Buy all my books on Amazon, and check out all the shows Blake was talking about online at a load of pure BS. Dot cap. Special thanks to Mega Ran for our theme song, Fighters. You can support Mega Ran anywhere that you can find great music. Just check him out. Listen to his stuff that he's got to offer. If you like uh, what you hear on our intro and outro music, then you'll like Mega Ran. And if, you, if the, I do manage to get this episode up on Friday, which I probably won't, but if I do, Mega Ran's doing like a from-home performance tonight at like 7.30. I'm probably going to check it out. So make sure to check that out and support Mega Ran and support us by leaving us five stars on iTunes and telling a friend to check out The Fight Boys. And as always, you can find us www.loadofpurebs.com Step up to the merch table at merch.loadofpurebs.com Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon Subscribe on YouTube And remember to follow us on Twitter, Warhorse Because when you're a fight boy You're a fight boy for life!